I'm sorry. And then we're going to look at the book of Mark, the second chapter, 1 to 12. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 1, 4 to 12. If you would please stand for the reading of the word. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 1, and then 4 through 12. Reading from the Holman Christian Standard Bible Version. If you don't have the Bible, it's your cell phone, how do you get the word? It is on the screen for you. And it's read these words from 1 Samuel 16, 1, 4 through 12. The Lord said to Samuel, How long are you going to mourn for Saul? Since I have rejected him as king over Israel, fill your horn with oil and go. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem because I have selected a king from his sons. Verse 4. Samuel did what the Lord directed and went to Bethlehem. When the elders of the town met him, they trembled and asked, Do you come in peace? In peace, he replied, I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come with me to sacrifice. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eli and said, Certainly the Lord's anointed one is here before him. Verse 7, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or his statue, because I have rejected him. Man does not see what the Lord sees, for man sees what is visible, but the Lord sees the heart. Verse 8, Jesse caught Abinadab and presented him to Samuel. The Lord hasn't chosen this one either, Samuel said. Then Jesse presented Shammah, but Samuel said, the Lord hasn't chosen this one either. After Jesse presented seven of his sons to him, Samuel told Jesse, the Lord hasn't chosen any of these. So Samuel, as he said, uh, are these all your sons you have? But they said, they're still the youngest, he answered. But right now, he's tending the sheep, Samuel told Jesse. Send for him. We won't sit down to eat until he gets here. So Jesse sent for him. He had beautiful eyes and a healthy, handsome appearance. Then the Lord said, anoint him, for he is the one. Mark chapter 2, 1 to 12, it says, When he entered Capernaum, again after some days, it was reported that he was at home. So many people gathered together that there was no more room, not even in the doorway, and he was speaking the message to them. Then there came a uh, then they came to bring him, bringing a paralytic carried by four men. Since they were not able to bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, they removed the roof above where they was. And when they had broken through, they lowered the mat on which the paralytic was lying. Seeing their faith, Jesus told the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. But some of the scribes were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does he speak like this? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Right away, Jesus understood in his spirit that they were thinking like this within themselves and said to them, why are you thinking these things in your heart? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, pick up your mat and walk? But so you may know that the Son of Man has authority on us to forgive sins. He told the paralytic, I tell you, get up. Pick up your mat and go home. Immediately he got up, picked up the mat, and went out in front of everyone. As a result, they were all astounded and glory to God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. Y'all better work with me today. Look to your neighbor and tell your neighbor, Don't count me out. Look to somebody else and say, Don't count me out. My setup topic, you ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. Look to somebody and say, you ain't seen nothing yet. Come on, look to somebody and say, you ain't seen nothing yet. Don't count me out, because you ain't seen nothing yet. Just wait, hold on a minute. Stop counting for a minute. Don't count me out, because you ain't seen nothing yet. I wish I had a token yet. Come on and work with me. My God, don't count me out. 
but you ain't seen nothing yet, Pastor Ruth. Don't count me out, Father Mary, because you ain't seen nothing yet. Don't count me out, Mr. Sharon. You ain't seen nothing yet. Y'all gonna make me go ahead and preach that's good right here. Don't count me out. You ain't seen nothing. And I was praying to the Lord, and the Lord gave me this word a while back, and I was like, Lord, this is so strong in my spirit. And so I, we, I was praying and talking to the Lord, and I was like, Lord, what is it? How do you want me to connect these two stories? He said, just tell the people, don't count you out. And the reason why I come from the subtopic of they haven't seen, we haven't seen nothing yet, because in the 12th verse of Matthew 2 and 12, it says, we haven't seen nothing like this. Some things gonna happen in your life where people are gonna be glorifying God saying, We ain't seen nothing like this. <laughs> we thought you was gonna fall, we thought you was gonna mess up, but we ain't seen nothing like this. People thought you was gonna stay a drug addict, people thought you was gonna stay in the world, but don't count me out because you ain't seen nothing. Don't let them count me out. I've been counting out on my job. I've been counting out in school. I've been counting out in the community. But I come to tell you, they may have counted you out, but they ain't seen nothing. My God, my God. So, 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 so. See, I got to make it nervous. I'm making it nervous. Listen, give me about 20 more minutes. So, don't count me out. I ain't seen nothing. So, so my brothers and sisters, this morning as I begin to think about Black History and the month that we're in and we celebrate Black History Month this month and we kind of recognize those who have gone on before us and done great and mighty things in our culture and our, our, our generation and in our ancestry history, and I began to look and I was like, Lord, you know, things happen for a reason, amen? And so I began to look back and click the slide for him and I saw President Barack Obama and I was like, yes! A lot of people was like, we have won, we got there! But then you click the next slide, we go back to what we used to do. <laughs> People all of a sudden just mess us up. We done got counted in, and now we got counted back out. <laughs> you click the slide and stop right there. <laughs> click it one time for me, so they won't be dwelling on that picture. No, to the other way, though. Right there, right there, right there. <laughs> so we've been counted in and now we're gonna got counted out to somebody that made up a false accusation that they got messed up, busted, and got knocked up and whatever else happened. And so now on the news, everybody's now ridiculing and talking about it now. Why you do this during this month? You done messed us up. Some people's on Facebook make me wait, wait till April the first. It's April Fools. But sometimes good happens and there's sometimes a counteract to the good that happens in the world. And so as we recognize black history, we gotta realize that uh, we have to love everybody. Yes. No matter the skin color, no matter what we look like, we have to love everybody. If you could the slide for me. I've seen this picture on Facebook that says, children will play with everyone until someone tells them not to. We have to teach each other to love each other, no matter if they're black, white, yellow, orange, purple, or blue. We got to love each other. And then I seen this church sign on Facebook. It said that in the Bible, there's no black or white church. Jesus did not come to save skin, but he came to save souls. Come on here, somebody. We're not here because of our skin, but we got to give God praise because although we were dirty and messed up, we took this outer appearance and made it a mess. 
But thanks be to God, he did not come to save this skin, but he came to save the soul that's on the inside because this flesh don't get dirty. This flesh don't get messed up sometimes. But he did not come to save this flesh. He came to save the soul that's inside of this flesh because we're just alone in this body that he has given to us. So I was like, Lord, thank you. You click the next slide. I was like, Lord, thank you that my eyes, yes, we may see people as white, black, yellow, orange, blue, whatever color they may be, but I still see you with the love of God. No matter what you are like, I still got a love for you. Yes, I'm celebrating my heritage, where I came from, and that does not mean that I need to forget where my ancestors and where I came from. I cannot forget what people have done for me. And so I begin to research and I begin to look and I begin to think and ponder and, and to see what is it that the Lord and some points that the Lord wants me to share. And so sometimes in life we go through circumstances that seem to be just unbearable. And sometimes we go through circumstances that cause us to question our faith and to uh, question our beliefs. And, to, and there are some other circumstances that kind of push us down and, 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 and then we begin to wonder will we ever get back on our feet? We rise up and then we fall back down. We come up and we come back down. We see the things on the news. We see and I begin to look at a report about uh, a few days ago how News One report had did a study and there was 52 black men and young men that was killed in the year of 2018. And so I averaged that out to be one African American male each week of last year. But God says in John 16 and 33, and I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Uh-huh. You will have suffering in this world. But be courageous. For yes. well, I have already conquered the world. So no matter what people are doing, you got to have a trust and know that God is with you and for you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Because he has already told us to be courageous, be strong in him. Depend on him. Stand on his word. Stand on his promises which are yea and amen. Because his word will never leave us for his word will never change his word. It's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. If we can begin to speak the word, we don't have to worry about the things in this world. Even though we go through trials and tribulations, we must recognize that the darkest attack from the enemy will come just before our breakthrough. Just before we get through that open door, here come the old enemy want to sneak up his head. But you got to know without a shot of doubt. I know what the word says about me. That I can talk to that mountain and say, mountain, be not removed. My God. And it is during those dark moments that the enemy will try to come and, and taunt you and, and cause you to doubt if the Lord will ever deliver you. But I come to tell you that the word of God says that even if you find yourself in a place, he will provide a way of escape for you. And this is why we must study the word of God and know God's word because the devil only has authority if we allow him in our lives. My God. Part of the reason the enemy has been whipping us so much is because we have been trying to fight the enemy in the flesh. But I heard the word of God say, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers and rulers of the darkness in this world, against spiritual weakness in high places. We have to stop listening to the lies from the enemy. We got to pray and seek the face of God and, and turn our backs to the devil. Lift up our voices uh, with praise to God. Uh, because I know praise will confuse the enemy. Uh, and we will hear from heaven. Uh, and he will move on our circumstances. Jesus. 
we must begin ignoring the taunting and the accusations and, 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 and the, the taunting and accusation that the enemy tries to throw our way. Don't give the place for the enemy. Don't give him room because if you give him room, he's going to make a bigger wide space to take over. I believe on the scripts on the screen if you look it for me. James says like this 4 and 7, submit to God. But resist the devil and he will flee. We have the power and the authority to kick the enemy out of our faces. The word of God wins every time. So every time I see the enemy try to come against us, but the word of God said, I know what the word said. And we got to speak the word because when Jesus began to speak, it is written. The enemy had no choice but to flee. If Jesus had to use the word, why do we have to think that we got to play with the enemy? We are, oh my God, I feel good right there. We need to kick him to the curb and say, no longer will you keep taunting me. No longer will you keep accusing me because I found out that he's the accuser of the brotherhood. My God, uh, we need to kick him to the curb. But before he goes, uh, we, got, we have a right to demand something, Apostle. I think it's on the screen, Proverbs 6 and 31. Still, if caught, he must pay seven times as much. Uh, he must give us all the wealth in his life. So when I see him, uh, oh, you, I demand you uh, to return everything. Uh, seven fold return. And all the wealth you got is coming to my house. Don't count me out with your neighbor. Say, don't count me out. Yeah. You ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing. You gotta get a some gangster scratch. You ain't seen nothing yet. Because I get my stuff. And when I get my stuff, I get some more stuff. Because I can command that. I can command on that thing there. My God, y'all can get this shot. Don't let the devil leave his stuff with you. Tell him, pick up your mess, pack your bag, and get out the door. Because now that we have found him out, make him take his mess with him and demand in the name of Jesus that he restore everything that he stole away from you. Sevenfold return. He's defeated. Now go get your stuff. Go get everything. Go get your joy. Go get your peace. Go get your rest. Go get your love. Go get your happiness. Go get it. Go get it. Go get the money that they've been holding up from you. Go get the job they've been holding up from you. Go get the house you've been praying for. Go get that car you've been praying for. Go get it. Go get some stuff. Because what the devil took from you, God is getting ready to bless you. But the enemy for your bad, God is going to turn. Your stuff. My God, my God, from Zion, we, we must remember that we're not wrestling against each other. We're wrestling against those powers and the rulers. We gotta stop fighting each other. That's what you're talking about. Black on black crime. Let's stop fighting each other. My God. So instead of fighting in the flesh, use the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God to fight. I fight on my knees in prayer. I fight through the word of God. We gotta stop fighting in the flesh. 
and fight with the word. The word of God can do more damage than, to the enemy than you can ever do. Because the enemy, he may know the word, but the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Because it is written, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So if you know the word, you better speak the word. Look to somebody and say, don't count me out, don't count me out. It ain't over until I win, Apostle. It ain't, it ain't over until I win because the enemy, you ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. You just been seeing them start with something new. It's just stage one right here, buddy, because you ain't seen nothing yet. Come on, Rich. Jesus. Come on. My God. Let me take my jacket out because now I, I feel running in my shoes. It's not over until I win, until I get my stuff sevenfold return. So it's not over until I win in my diet. It's not over until I win on my job. It's not over until I win in my finances. It's not over until I'm winning my romance. It's not over until I'm winning my relationships. It's not over until I'm winning my marriages. It's not over until we win in our friendships. It's not over until we win with our families. It's not over until we win in our school. It's not over yet now. It's not over yet. You tried to count me out, but it's not over. You just miscounted. You just overlooked me. But there was something. Oh my God, something just Lord have mercy. We got to remember that you are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. You are the lender and not the borrower because you can do all things through Christ who have strengthened you. You have overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. Where you are now is not the end of your story. Hold your head up high. Straighten your back out. Speak life into yourself and into your day and stretch your stubborn your back. Don't let the enemy count you out. Don't let him count you out too early. I know in the gaming world, we get three lives, but we got two more rounds. And I come to tell you, he's an on-time God. You thought you knocked me down one time. Well, he's an on-time God. You thought you knocked me down twice. But on the last round, I know my God can do everything but fail. And he stepped back in. Right in a nickel time. My God, don't let the enemy count you out. You must be like, turn the scripture for me on the screen, I believe it is. Philippians 1 says, I am sure of this. I am confident of this that he who has started a good work in me, he will carry it out until the day of Christ. So I know that he has started something in me that he will carry it out until the day of Christ. Meaning what Jesus has started in the day he has given your life and, and felt com confidence in your salvation and he will continue to supply you in the confidence until you are a finished product. Remember, it's not over until you want. I believe it's on the screen, 2 Corinthians 4, 16 and 18. Therefore, we do not give up. Don't give up. Don't get weary and well-doing. Even though our outer persons, our bodies are being destroyed, we're getting tired, we're getting sick, and sometimes we get sick of being sick and tired. Being destroyed, our inner spirit, our spirit man, is being renewed day by day. 
momentary light affliction. This is just a momentary thing. It's just a light affliction that is producing for us an absolutely incomparable eternal way of glory. It's going to be eternal. Jesus the Christ, he's a spirit and he lives on the inside of me. You may not can see it, but it's eternal. It's down on the inside. I don't need to give up in this fight. Don't count me out because you ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hey, hey, hey. Ha, ha, ha. Come on, yeah. That thing got to me this momentary light affliction. Producing an incomparable. We can't compare this glory right here. This is better than the ladder. This is greater for the form. My God, this is greater than the form and greater to the ladder. That we're getting ready to enter into this weight of glory. So we just gotta endure this momentary light affliction. We gotta endure being counted out for a little while. Because as we look in our text today, we find that David was out in the field. And his father brought all the other sons. And Samuel, the prophet, had to come. And he was like, the Lord has sent me here. And you know, when the prophet came back in those days, they came with a word. A strong five brimstone. And they said, Samuel, are you coming in peace? We don't need a word. Samuel, he said, I come in peace. I, come, I just kind of consecrate to the Lord, you know. I come to do a work of my father. Don't be worried. I'm, I'm here in peace. <laughs> I'm here. Shalom. Jehovah Shalom. <laughs> so he showed up and so he said, we got to consecrate. So he told Jesse, let's go. We got to go consecrate. We got to go in. And we got to go get your servants together and, and let's, let's consecrate. So, so Jesse and then they get there and all the people ask the same as he told them what he's here to do. He said, come on. Let's go consecrate. So Jesse brought all his sons except for one. And Samuel's going through all of them like, okay, I know I heard the voice of God. I know God told me I need to come to Jesse's house and anoint the next king. And sometimes things don't go the way that we receive it to go when God begin to speak. And so now I can feel Samuel's like, Lord, am I a false prophet? I know I heard your voice. I know I'm a child of the king, Lord. None of these are the one. Jesse was, Samuel was like, Jesse, ain't none of these it. But there was one who they counted out, who was out in the field working. My God, that would catch us right here. Sometimes everybody wants to be seen in the spotlight, but God's not trying to look for one that's in the spotlight. God's not trying to look for one with the famous foot. He's looking for the one that's out there serving, out there watching out for the sheep. Like, one watching out for your brothers and watching out for your sisters. He's looking for one who's serving in the vineyard. And so Jesse, so Samuel began to look, and the Lord told Samuel, He said, uh, Don't look at the outer appearance. Yes. Because I don't look at the outside. Yeah. I look at what's in the heart. And we said that earlier that this inside is what the Lord wants. Yeah. And so if your heart is in the right place, yeah. the Lord will elevate you to a whole new level. And so when David comes in, 
Samuel begins to look in the Bible and describes him as a good looking young man, handsome and stature. I'm like, oh, that sounds just like me. I'm good looking. I'm handsome and stature. I've been working on the field. I've been sweating on my brow. I've been driving miles and miles. I said, ooh, it's a real one. Yeah. I said, ooh. I said, I can't make it to the barbershop, but I still look good enough. So Samuel, he's looking down, and so he hears the voice of the Lord. And Samuel hears the voice of the Lord. The Lord says, yeah, this is the one. See, I, I was confused, Apostle. I was up at one this morning reading this text, and I was like, Lord, you told him not to look at the outward appearance. But did you look at the heart? But this man is good looking, got on everything together. And he said, he's good looking, yeah. But what was in his heart? What's in his heart? What's in his heart? His heart was a, to serve. Because we find that when David was anointed, he went back to serve. Come on now, you better say that. Come on. See, folks counted you out because you don't want the spotlight. God. Folks counted you out when they tried to put you up there and you said, no, I, I'm good right here. I know this is what the Lord's called me to do. I just want to serve. Come on, Dad. And you looking good. And they said, well, now, nah, she's not anointed. She's not gifted. But then there comes a Samuel in your life that says, I'm looking for the next king. I'm looking for the next one to raise up for a leaping of such a time as this. Because the Lord has rejected the one that is there. Because Saul, Samuel, he was crying out and was to stop your morning, stop your cry. It's a new day. There's a new king on the horizon. So in other words, don't count me out because I'm in the field working and you can't see my works. My God. You may not see me sweeping or taking out the trash, but don't count me out. Yeah. I may not see you wiping and taking up trash, but I'm not going to catch you out. Yeah. And David didn't complain either. Right. My God, right. I ain't going to go there. Right. I see. <laughs> but they counted him out. But I look over and Mark 2, 1 through 2, and I was like, well, how are you going to connect these stories? And I'm like, these are two different stories. And the Lord began to speak to me about this paralytical man. And he had an issue. And, and so he had surrounded himself. Now, David was by himself working out in the vineyard. And so I was praying to the Lord this morning, 1, 2 o'clock. I think it was around this time when I got to this passage. And I was like, Lord, what about this one? And I was like, and you know, David was by himself now, this pillar man, didn't even mention his name, but he had some people around him. My God, y'all better watch this. David was by himself in the Old Testament. So now we're in the New Covenant. Now you gotta have some people to help you get to the presence of God. My God. See, God can catch it right there. So here, the paralytical man, he was, they was, his friends, his real friends, was trying to get him to Jesus. So in other words, they was trying to get him into the presence of a Savior that can heal him. They did not count him out because of his current condition, because they so past that. They said, I see my friend in a position, and I need to help my friend, and I need to pick him up. I'm not going to count him out because he don't look like me, because he don't act like me. I, I need to pick him up and take him to Jesus. Yeah. But see, what happened was, when they got to the house, it was full. Jesus. 
friends could say, nah, not today, play. We gotta come back tomorrow. You know, the hospital, the emergency room, be full. And you go, like, I'm so sick. You be like, I come back tomorrow. But no, listen, we got the man. My friend will not be carried off today because the people are gonna see the glory that will be revealed after this. So he said, we got to get in this house. We got to get into the presence. We got to get there. No matter how we get in, we just don't get then to get to Jesus. Do you got some people in your life that says, I'm not going to catch you out because of what you're going through. I'm not going to catch you out because you're sick. I'm not going to catch you out because you ain't doing what I want you to do. Right? But I just need a friend that'll take me to Jesus. That's all right. Come on, we can go to Jesus. Come on. Yes. The young baby so I just want to get there. I just want to get to the picture. Something I can really want to say to the kids over here. Come, come on to him as a baby. I think he want to get the mic. He want to preach. <laughs> he, wanna, he said, "I got something to say, Pastor. I got something to say." A Google Gaga, ha na na. Left is the best. So his friends, he was surrounded by some good people who didn't count him out. Yes. Now. I feel like preaching because we got to realize and know that we got to be around some people yes. who's not going to count us out. Right. We got to know without a shadow of a doubt that if I call this friend, you will pick me up in my own place and help me get to Jesus and help me get to the master because I know that everything is going to be all right. I just need somebody in my circle that'll be like, Pastor, I'm praying for you. Yeah. Don't need to worry now because I got you and I'm holding you up. Yeah. The song said, lean on me when you're not strong. Yeah. I'll be your friend and I'll help you carry on. Just call on your brother if you need a hand because we all need somebody to lean on. And this girl little man needed somebody to lean on. And so they leaned on him and they took him to the rooftop. Oh my God. And so they took him to the rooftop, took him to a house place and begin to lower him down into the presence of the Lord. I was somebody comfortable right there. We can go so high on the outer courts that we can open up the inner courts and be lifted down into the presence of God. Oh, I wish you comfortable and let you enter into the presence of God. All sickness, all diseases has to flee when we enter into the presence of God. I wish you knew today that you got some friends that ain't going to count you out, but they're going to take you up high into the prayer course of prayer and lift you down low in the presence of the Lord so the Lord can say to you, your sins have been forgiven. Take up your bed and walk, but hold up, wait a minute. I begin to look in the scripture and I see that there was the religious leaders who said, who is this man? How can he be talking like this? He's blaspheming. Only God alone can deliver and forgive sins. But he had to show them. He had to let them know that greater works than I do. 
will you also do if you just believe in the Lord? And so we find out that Jesus responded. And then he told my man, he said, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. For your sins have been forgiven. And I begin to see that the people begin to look. And immediately, suddenly, he got up out of his place. We got to get up out of our own place. We got to get up out of our mess. We got to get up out of our sickness. We got to get up out of our... We gotta get up out of these low places where people have counted us out. And I want you to know today the Bible says that they begin to glorify God. They begin to give Him glory for the things that they have seen. And they said these words We ain't seen nothing like this. You ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. This is just the beginning of what God is getting ready to do. We ain't seen nothing yet. And so I began to look through history. There were some people who were counted out. And I remember of a man who gave a speech. If you click the slide for me. He said, click the slide for me again. We all missed that man. <laughs> click it again for me. He said, I have click the slide for me again. I have a dream. As we know, click the slide for me again, please. I have a dream. And Dr. Martin Luther King had a dream. And I want you to know they can kill the dreamer. But they didn't kill the dream. Come on here, somebody. Because he said, one day, I have a dream that little black boys and little black girls would join hands together with little white girls and little white boys. So no matter what you may say, no matter what you may do, I'm not looking at this color of her skin, but I'm looking at her heart, where her heart is. Some of you are looking and saying, oh, she white. It don't matter what color she is. It don't matter, because we found out you are the one also that's been counted out to by your sins. Get out of sin. Get out of your iniquities. Get out of your mess. If you can't like her, then you can't like me. If you can't love her, you can't love me. The Bible says, how can you say you love God, but you hate your brother and whom you see every day? If you hate her, you hate me. And I'm going to tell it like it is, and I don't care who don't like it. Yes, black lives matter. Yes, I said it. And I don't take political stuff in the poor pit, because that's not the place. But I hear the spirit of the Lord to, to help somebody. Because we have got so caught up that heaven is only for black folks. And some people get called heaven for white folks. No, heaven's for everybody. You ain't gonna be up there looking black or white or purple or orange as a skin. You're gonna be a spirit. You're gonna be a soul. Say glory, hallelujah. The kingdom is the Lord of the world. We ain't gonna have time to be looking up in heaven. And then I'll be looking at Jesus. I'll be like, Jesus, what? And he'll be like, boom, you out. Why are you looking at her like that, friend? We ain't gonna be worried about who fat, skinny, orange, black, white, yellow, orange, and all that. If you a bag of snack or a meal or a smeal. <laughs> Y'all are messy here. <laughs> Stop it, Prophet Mary. You're a messy here. But we gotta love each other. Yes, yes, amen. 
And even though we as a people have been counted out for so many years, and then when the other Caucasian and our other brothers and sisters come in the house, how do we treat them? We count them out. Ah, my God. We talk about it. Oh my God. But you now count them now. Just because what happened over years ago, they don't mean you treat them the same way. That means you're going to be the same just like them. It's up to us to stand and say, you know, yes, your ancestors did this to us, but I forgive you and I love you. I wish somebody did We done got stuck. And our minds are not stuck in the past. Yes, I remember the cotton fields. Yes, I remember being spit in the face. Yes, I remember those days. But it's a new day. It's a new day. Many people made sacrifices for us. And a man died because he had a dream that one day this would happen. But now we are disrespecting the dream and the dreamer and the one who sent the dream to the dreamer. So in other words, if you disrespect her, you disrespect the God, the dreamer, and the dream. No way Dr. Martin Luther King, after all he endured, we have a dream that one day we all come together and unite the box of how great and how pleasant is brother to dwell together in unity. So you talk about her, you talk about me. My Jesus. My Jesus, come on. My God. I love y'all. And, and I gotta stomp this here because people are you need you need a black woman. I'm like, God is not concerned about the color of skin of love. Love does not have a color, love does not have eyes to see. Love is genuine. Love is powerful. I love you beyond your thoughts. I love you because he first loved you. Now I love you too. My God. And if the Lord was like some of us, some of us, we wouldn't feel the love of God. Because of the things you get in your closet, the skeletons you still got hanging in your closet. Yes, I got skeletons too. Yes, I don't think I'm the one of God. But that does not mean I count you out. Because when I found out the people that we counted out, they may have our deliverance through their hands. They may have our salvation, our blessing through them. Yes. Don't count me out. Yes. Don't count me out. Yes. Don't count me out. I may not act the way you want me to act, but don't count me out. I may not love you, you want me to love, but don't count me out. I may not do what you want me to do, but don't count me out. I may not preach the way you want me to preach, but don't count me out. I may not walk the way you want me to walk, but don't count me out. I may not dress the way you want me to dress, but don't count me out. I may not respond the way you want me to respond, but don't count me out. I may not go to the school you want to go to, but don't count me out. Oh, come on, somebody. You know you got people that look at you and begin to judge you and begin to look at you and begin to say, oh, no, she didn't. Oh, yes, she did. Yeah. Oh, brother, do you see this? Oh, do you see that? You count people out. Ah. And today is a new day that we say, no longer will I count people out. No longer will I be counted out. Say that with me. No longer will I be counted out. Because you ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. This is just the beginning. So my brothers and my sisters, all glory. And praise to the Lord. Yeah.
to the Lamb that was slain. I give thanks to God for all His great mercies that continue to be shown to us. Watching either football, baseball, or basketball, or any other activities. There's no question that there will always be some person who is left out. As the captains are calling out, we got him, we got her. There's that person standing with hope praying someone chooses them. But they're left there standing alone with others who didn't make the cut. Maybe it was because of their flaws. They couldn't run fast enough. They couldn't jump high enough. Or they couldn't even hit the ball. Or they was even too fat, skinny or short, and do not have the skills for the game for the team to win. This may not be your experience. Maybe you have never sat on the sideline of life and have to deal with questions like, what's wrong with me? Why doesn't anybody want me? How come I'm always disregarded? Maybe you have never had the sinking feeling that you are insignificant and worthless. Even so, despite many of our personal experiences, there are millions of people who do feel this way. These are the counted out folks. They have been counted out by those in the upper class, counted out by the political system, counted out by the church, counted out by the community, and counted out by family. They are counted out in society, counted out in education, counted out in corporate structure, and in the legislation of laws. They are counted out from better housing and better wages and better opportunities and from a better way of life. They are stigmatized and marginalized and profiled as being less than. They are counted out folks with no one to intervene on their behalf. Nevertheless, it should be noted that while certain individuals count others out, the truth is that they seem they themselves have been counted out as well. The whole entire human race has been counted out by sin. Sure, there are those of us who feel we are about above others that we are not bad as other folks. We are not murderers or adulterers, drug dealers, dope addicts, alcoholics. But, and we would be truthful today, we would have to admit that we still are struggling with something. We would all have to agree with Paul when he said, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And 1 Timothy 15, 1 Timothy 1, 15 and 17, the Apostle Paul sets out instructions to the young Pastor Timothy on the importance of remembering why he does what he does. Paul says to Timothy that this church thing is for the express purpose of reaching those who would come to believe in Jesus. He says to Timothy, in essence, the dealings of Christ with me, of course, are not unique. My experience is the same kind, though not in degree, as of all that saves sinners. Christ's long-suffering will never undergo a more severe test than it did in my case, so that no sinner need ever despair. In other words, Paul is saying that he should have been coming out, but God's mercy counted him in. You ought to give God praise in your first grace and his mercy that counted you in. 
and to the family of the beloved. Look to your neighbor, tell your neighbor, don't count me out. Don't count me out because you ain't seen nothing yet. Don't count me out because you ain't seen nothing yet. And before I take my seat, there was a man who was counted out. There was a king named Herod who had the decree that says we need to kill all the young babies. But there was one baby that he could not kill. And God said to the parents of Mary to go and go down to the next city. And there soon was a baby born by the name of Jesus. Who was counted out by the religious leaders. Those who were in rulership. And, and Caesar said, I find no fault in this man. But they said, who do you want me to release? And they counted Jesus out because they said, we want Barabbas. But is there anybody that says, I want Jesus in my life? Because I want my enemies to know that they haven't seen nothing yet. That they may see the glory of the living God being revealed in my life. So Jesus went to the cross. Bear our sins, bear our transgressions, bear our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And he said, because I do this, it's because my people were counted out of my sin. But I'm going to count them into my bloodshed of my son. For God so loved the world that he counted us in. For whosoever believed in him should not perish. But have everlasting life. So they took him up to the mountaintop. And they stretched him wide and nailed him to a cross. They had a crown of thorns on his head. And they counted him out. Who's not going to get himself down? But he lifted up his head and said, Father, forgive them. For they have counted me out. For they know not what they do. And he gave up the ghost. And they took him off of that cross. And they placed him in a tomb. And they thought it was over. But three days later, my God, he rose with all power in his hands to count us back in when folks have counted us out. To save us from this dying world. And so I'll leave you with this saying from Brother James. For those who can't count, and for those who wanted to be counted in, and you ought to shout here. Now Brother James told us and encouraged us, he said, Count it out, John. When you fall into dying of temptation, for this is the work of our faith and patience through him. Look to your neighbor, tell your neighbor, don't count me 